Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome uh, welcome you all to today's How to Franchise Simply Terror conference. Uh, I'm really privileged, actually, today. It's thrilled to have Neil McGacky. Um, Neil has got a uh, an enviable background and tremendous experience. The uh, the title of today's teleconference is How to Increase Your Profits Dramatically with Better Leadership. And uh, Neil's going to explain just how much poor leadership is costing most businesses, and most probably yours, like everyone else's. Um, he's a man with amazing... Uh, background from the point of view of his extensive business management experience he's got uh, in a wide number of roles both in business um, uh, and in public in the public domain um, he got involved in this area from 1970 been in involved in leadership management business and sport private and public sectors and the list of clients he's got is vast and it includes in the franchise area um, the group called faster pastor but also work with large corporates, people like Julie Packard and Lloyd's, Lloyd's Aviation. So his discipline spread across a whole range of different fields. Um, he's also been the founding director of half a dozen companies and been general manager and business development manager in a number of other organisations. And that's, um, he's very active in the consultancy field. He, he developed a program called MAKE. That's M.A.K.E. program. And this is what we'll be talking about today. Um, it's been practiced by a lot of sporting organisations, and this is, I think, where it, the inception of it came. But also with a lot of um, a lot of corporations. So, with Neil's specific knowledge, um, it's so applicable. I think in the franchise industry, it's something that's going to be really appreciated. So, what I'd like to do is to uh, say hi there to, to Neil and welcome you along today, Neil. Thanks for coming. Good morning, Brian. It's a pleasure. Excellent. Now, um, I'll just repeat for um, the people who've joined us since the introduction there that uh, any visitors, if you could just press star six to mute the lines, that avoids any background noise which might interrupt our recording or the conversation for anyone other than Neil or I. And we'll have some questions, time for questions at the end if anyone has some. Otherwise, we're always happy to accept email questions later. And uh, if you have to leave the, uh, the conference for any reason, we will be recording it and sending a link. And, of course, it always goes with all of the others in our archives on our members' website. So, without any more ado, um, Neil, perhaps could you just give a bit of your personal background, just so we, we understand the man we're, we're listening to today? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, Brian, uh, originally from Scotland and uh, still get the accent, uh, but uh, spent 25 years in the public service in South Australia. Um, that 25 years uh, accumulated in uh, me... Um, been the uh, director of the South Australian Sports Institute, and then later on uh, becoming the CEO of the Department of Recreation, Sport and Racing. Um, that was up to 1994, and then I progressively moved into the private sector and uh, ran a number of businesses, and uh, the MAKE program really came to fruition uh, in the mid-80s, and uh, has been... Um, driving towards uh, the, the topic that we're talking about today, which is how to increase your profits dramatically with better leadership. Excellent. But, but more importantly, in your space, Brian, in the franchise space, I think one of the great challenges of the franchise industry is the performance of the leadership um, in all of your outlets within the franchise. Those franchisees, if they get the leadership right, it, it enhances the whole brand of the of the franchise 
and equally drives their own profitability within their own uh, segment of the, the franchise group. So I think it's a, a nice synergy that we're going to talk about today. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the key to successful franchising is replicating, you know, the original business and the, the better the leadership in every every level. And yeah. obviously, the, the better the outcome. Well, um, a few questions here to pose you, so, pose to you. So we'll, we'll run through these and a bit of a chat as we go. Um, I, I suppose the first point is, you know, very from a very general point of view, staff issues. Uh, that's something that we all have to address. What are, do you have any any comments or observations yeah. about that sort of area? Brian, it's the sleeping giant. It's the elephant in the room. Uh, basically, fifty um, percent of your operational costs. Uh, spent on employing your staff, and that's a big overhead uh, that you need to get right. And 50% uh, of those people um, um, are really, really important in the in the operational side of the business. Equally, the time that you spend in leading your business, 50% uh, of your time is spent on your people again. And then the big one, the sleeping one that no one really talks about, is every activity and every function within your business requires the right people input, be that at the strategic end of the business or be it in the operational side of the business, but every activity and function requires people input. And uh, therefore, a great deal of the, the failings in business and why businesses do get into trouble is because of poor people management and poor people performance or inputs into the business. Interestingly, in Australia, particularly in the small to medium uh, space, um, there isn't a lot of uh, leaders or, or business owners that have had the opportunity to do formal study in leadership and people management. And in many, many cases, it's presumed and assumed all the way through the organization. So whether it's at the executive end of the business or the middle management of the business, leadership uh, isn't necessarily um, applied in the appropriate way to achieve the results. And at the end of the day, People inputs, you get the people stuff right and you'll watch your efficiencies and your profits grow and that's what we're going to talk about today. Right, so you're saying basically because someone has developed or grown a business out of the proprietor that sort of naturally assumed that they've got those leadership skills but it's not by any means a matter of natural conclusion that they do. Yeah, I mean the experientials that I find um, over time, I, I use a, a little sort of a little story, if you like, uh, that really emphasizes the importance of what we're going to talk about today. Um, if I um, say, like, uh, engineering as a high school student, mm -hmm. I then express that to everyone and tell them I'm really interested in engineering. I then uh, work hard and, and progress through to university and get my degree. And, and the first thing I do after getting my degree is look in the paper for a, for a job. And uh, I mm -hmm. see... Brian Keane's engineering company sitting there and uh, I knock on the door and express that I'm really interested and Brian kindly gives me uh, my first job. That job is usually base grade in the organization and as long as I can do the day-to-day -day tasks of the operational side of the business uh, that, that Brian asked me to do, and secondly, I got on well with everyone in the organization, uh, generally a good guy, Brian sometimes down the track, or at a time down the track, will say, Neil, this is terrific. Uh, we're going to promote you, and we're going to promote you to middle management or give you a supervisory role. 
Here we uh, here we then see the area of, of concern. Um, the thing that I was really interested in, motivated, ability in, knowledge in, experience in, thus the make uh, symbol. Um, the thing that really, really was interested in, which was engineering, uh, diminishes in my day-to-day -day, uh, job description. Mm. Um, yes, I've got on to get on well with people, but more importantly, I've actually got to lead people, Brian, and this is the area that we, we tend to not have an understanding in, and so it's presumed. And so suddenly 50% of my job is leading my team, and I've got no experientials, no motivation, no ability, no knowledge, no experience in that skill of leading people. It's mm. presumed. And then the other part of my job is a thing called the strategic side of the job, which is workflow management and applying resources and so on. And that's about 30% of a middle manager's job, and it's a conceptual thing. Now, 10% mm -hmm. of the planet are conceptual, but not everyone is conceptual. Right. And so, therefore, you've got two areas which takes up about 70% of your time or 70% of your job description, and it's a presumption. And so you get the thing called the Peters Principle. People are promoted to the level of incompetence. And so they, they, they're given the keys of the plane, and you just hope that they don't crash the plane. Um, if by chance I haven't crashed the plane, and a few years later, Brian says, look, Neil, you've done a terrific job. We're now going to promote you to executive of the business. When I'm an executive in the business or running the business, uh, my day-to-day -day is made up of leading my, my troops or leading my people and, more importantly, strategically growing the business. The thing that is no longer a part of my job description is basically the thing that I really started out in the first place about. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really love engineering, but I don't bloody do it anymore in the exactly. operational mm. side of the business. And and so therefore, you then get a scenario where if you haven't got the background and the knowledge and the experience in the area of leadership and also in the area of strategic management and conceptual thought, you're actually into a, a challenge to run your business. And so you've got a choice. You actually go on a quick learning curve or you, you basically attract people and provide a functional role, role for them in the areas that you have difficulty in. But leadership is a, is a huge component of that. And you get that stuff right, and then the business will grow its profits. You don't get it right, and then you get real problems. So one of the things, Brian, just on that, one of the things I often see is um, the, the typical boss will go, gee, I like being an engineer. And so I'll be one of the troops because nobody can do it as well as me. And suddenly mm. my operational time in the week is more than, um, you know, the 20 or 30 or 40 hours. And therefore all this stuff which is strategically growing the business and organizing and leading people is thrown to the background while I play in an area that I like and I feel comfortable in. And the rest of the troops are never going to do it as well as I do. Right. It's back to the typical Michael Gerber e-myth where people just get stuck on the technical side of the business as Correct. opposed to management and entrepreneurial. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, therefore, if, if, if the business is started by the entrepreneur or the business is started in small and medium business, started by the one person with a passion, that business owner really has got to look at day one, how do I exit my business? 
to get my rewards for my effort and my time. A, cr a key critical component of that is basically establishing the business whereby you can work on the business as distinct from in the business, progressively moving to either chairmanship in a business or progressively moving to exit out of the business. But more importantly, um, any business for sale must have a system, must have a structure, and not be totally reliant on the individual. And that's the second uh, component of the MAKE program. The second component is we look at the functionals of the business, the 12, what I call the 12 P's of business, and basically find how people perform against that, and more importantly, systemize those functions to enable the business to go through to its maturity of exit. Right. Yeah, that's what I, I call the maitre d' principle, where uh, compare it with a restaurant. You know, if the person who's the maitre d' is the character, the personality, that's why people will come there. Yeah. If he wants to sell the business, yeah. he hasn't really got very much to follow, and uh, he'll lose his following any new owner. He's going to find themselves really up the creek because yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole whole business is uh, basically gone with the owner, the previous owner. Correct. So, now, in, in your space, Brian, sorry for well, jumping well, in there, yeah. but in your space, which is the franchise space, then clearly you, you guys spend a great deal of time of systemizing the business and functionalizing the business and so on. So you're maybe a leap ahead of, of the most small and medium businesses heading towards any potential exit. But the thing that is, is, is so, so important in the franchise space is getting this leadership stuff right because... You're only as strong as your weakest link, or you're only as strong as your weakest franchisee, because that damages your brand no end if you don't get this stuff right. So, so looking at the franchise area and your your the, the work you've done, I mean, what have you observed about franchising, and where, where perhaps where maybe the leadership side of things maybe has fallen down? And as you say, they may be well they may be well systemised and well documented but the leadership is perhaps one aspect which is overlooked. Yeah. In, in, the, in the franchise space, the, the traditional thing is you, you prepare your documentation, you build on the, the, the basis of the business, you systemize the business, you function the business, and then you expand out and you seek interest uh, from people to be your franchisee. The initial, the initial thing that people tend to look at is uh, what's my return on investment, um, is this uh, industry that the franchise is based in, does that suit for me? Is this where my interests are? And then the attraction then is to, to, to sign up and head away. Mm -hmm. Now, what appears to be a weakness in the franchise game is that review of not only their ability to buy the franchise, not only their, not only their interest in the industry, but more importantly, their ability to manage the business. And a 50% of that is managing people, the operational costs of the business. And so it's in this area that most franchises are vulnerable. And it's in this area that you really need to put your effort in to get that stuff right. And uh, the MAKE uh, program has been doing this since 1988. And... Uh, it's been creating profits for a hell of a lot of businesses purely because they're improving their ability to get this stuff right. So obviously you've had a lot of experience in this field, worked with a lot of organisations. Give us a little bit of a background perhaps about MAKE, which you've made reference to there. 
so we can get an understanding about what uh, what it is sure. that, uh, that you do. Yeah? Sure. Brian, um, MEF itself was actually driven out of a need uh, that I identified when I was the director of the Sports Institute. And, and what we basically had was we, we uh, needed to um, uh, bring the three parts of the business together and then basically bring a common goal for the business. What MEC is really about is bringing a, a culture within the business whereby people development is preeminent in the business. It's creating a, a, a system whereby uh, your leadership is driving people to be the best they can be. In other words, to use my terminology, make. They've got the, emo the motivation to do the task. They've got the ability to do the task. They've got the knowledge to do the task. And they've got the experience to do the task. If you ask someone to do something in your business, you must understand as a leader what, how far along the continuum of the development are they towards what I call F4. F4 people are people that have the motivation, the ability, the knowledge and the experience to do the task that they're required to do. If that person is an F4 when you're asking them to do the job, then you've actually got to define where they are and then provide the support to them to develop them through to F4. Till eventually everybody in your system is basically, and everybody in your organization is all in concert, and everybody is F4 in everything we're asking them to do. It's a journey of development, an evolutionary journey of development, but it's clearly a system where people buy into because they are important and they are preeminent in the culture of the business and we're on about building them to their, their, their potential. That's where self-esteem is driven from. That's where people find most satisfaction in their jobs when they're very capable in doing what they should be doing and being F4 and everything we're asking them to do. Right. So that's when the, the business owner or the executive can feel confident in delegating knowing the job's going to be done as opposed to continually worrying, having to check it, um, and just spend time really just going over and reworking and modifying and so on and so forth. So, um, Brian, Brian, you're spot on. Um, what we've got here in our society today is a, is a thing called empowerment. And everybody almost sees empowerment as a, as a politically correct term. The problem with empowerment is you shouldn't delegate to an incompetent operator. There is no point in me asking my wife to fly to Melbourne tomorrow when she's never ever flown a plane before. There's no point in me empowering that person. Yeah. I only empower people that are F4, or my terminology of F4, whereby mm -hmm. they get the motivation, ability, knowledge and experience to fly the plane. Yeah, right. So they've got the they've got the suitable qualifications and the experience, and uh, you can feel padding over the joystick, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right, man. Right. Okay. So, so how do you? Um, it's a little bit of background about about make. How do you? How do you actually? Suppose, deliver it. How do you provide that when you're helping organisations and so on? Yeah. Initially, um, Brian, I, I delivered by default to the corporate world. Um, um, after I developed the program at the Sports Institute, 
I was invited to an organization called the Young Presidents Organization many years ago. And the Young Presidents Organization was made up of, of um, self-made millionaires over, under the age of 40. Um, I went to that breakfast function and uh, I basically was invited to apply the MAKE program and in many of those businesses that attended, I think it was about 15 out of the 20 that attended that, I, I basically uh, received uh, um, job invitations or contract invitations. Um, and so in that initial uh, period, uh, we were basically driving into that, that, that space. So when we headed into the, the private sector, um, I was initially and have been for the last 20 odd years looking at word of mouth, looking at referrals, looking at contacts between people, but I haven't been advertising. What I have been doing is going into the corporate space because that is basically how it's basically gone word of mouth. So. I've been doing work with Hewlett Packard, I've been doing work with Bolt Longyear, I've been doing work with um, Telstra and so on. But in, in that process of moving in there, uh, what I then found was that um, um, there was an area whereby um, I needed to address a wider offering, if you like, mm -hmm. in the small to medium enterprise uh, area. And so today, Make has a, a number of offerings uh, to suit all sizes of business, but it principally looks at the business, whether it's a startup business, whether it's a business where the owner is working in the business, where the owner is working on the business, where the owner is looking to exit the business, and it takes the, the, the owners through the various stages of that uh, uh, continuum, if you like, towards the exit, um, and uh, cuts and cuts the appropriate style of uh, program to suit not only the size of the organization, but the ability of the organization to apply the resources to make it part of the culture. Yeah, Neil, I, I met you um, fairly recently for the first time, and I was really impressed with the, with the information that you gave, and I, what hit me was that this is just a huge aspect of every business, no matter how, how small or how large, um, and yet it's generally ignored, it's taken for granted. Um, it's not something that people actually focus on. They'll focus on systems and documenting things and yes. sales training um, yes. and, and, and on, their, you know, on their software and other programs and so on and so forth, but it seems to be an area that really is just sort of ignored. What's your comments on that? Um, I totally agree with you, um, more so in the small to medium space, um, mm, and, and mm. I've got a sense that there's a bit of pride involved here. You've got mm. the owner that started the business, you've yeah. got the owner, the business has grown um, in, in many ways by default, it's responded to the marketplace and grown to a size, and suddenly there's this area of, of strategically developing the business, uh, systemizing the business, providing functions in the business um, that they've got to address. But there's a horrible thing there if they feel uncomfortable about managing people, if they've got difficulties in conceptualizing the strategic growth of the business, it tends to be put in the too hard basket, or we'll mm -hmm. get around to that in another day, 
or will actually address that when the time is right. So they've got all of these reasons why they don't go into an area where they feel uncomfortable. In many, many ways, they don't have an F4 rating in their ability to lead people, or they don't have an F4 rating in their ability to strategically grow the business. And so they don't want to be seen to be, uh, for want of a better word, um, uh, not the best they could be in front of the troops that they're leading. They yeah, might see sure. that as a, as a, a failing. So, so there's a combination of a whole range of reasons why they may or may not want to go there. And also, they, they, they then will say, well, I haven't got the time to do this, this, this people stuff. I'm saying, if you haven't got the time, you shouldn't be in business because it's the important critical key to make the business work. It right. I'll, continue. Yeah, I'll just continue. Can I just mention that someone on the line there has got an open line. If you can all just check. We're just hearing a little bit of conversation in the background. Um, <coughs> please excuse me. If um, everyone could just check and just press star six to mute their phone if they haven't already done so, just to save a little bit of background interference that we're getting from somewhere. So uh, sorry for the interruption there, Neil. That's um, But just to continue then, so... I mean, what sort of results do you see with businesses? And um, I know you, we did send around a, a link to a, a, a video, a testimonial from one of your clients. Maybe you could just describe the sorts of results that you see with businesses that you um, you, you provide your uh, your programs to. Sure. One of the things that we do is um, we we use the functions of of every business as a, as a as a platform in which to build the the people input, if you like. And so the MAPE program has what it calls the 12P of business, or performance equals 12P, or people inputs. But those P's are profits, plans, protection, policy, projects, people, products, processes, production, promotion, partnerships, and plant. And, and in every MAKE session, we basically do uh, a number of things. One. We present a workshop that goes through the theory and uses and teaches the MATE model. There's a very unique, highly proven model that MATE uses. It's, it's unique to, to this organization. It's been developed by this organization, and it stood this, the, the, the test of time by referral since 1988. So it survives on its, in its ability to deliver. So what we then do is we take um, um, the, the workshop, we explain the theory, then what we do is we go into our action planning of how do we get traction in the business to make the, the make culture a part of the business. We use the functions of the business, the 12 P's as the platform, and what we do is we sit down one-on-one -on -one and mentor the staff the leading uh, the, the roles where they've got a supervisor role within the staff or they've got a leading input within the business. And we do a mentoring session um, whereby we, we discuss action plan, how they can put that into the people that they lead within the organization, and more importantly, how they will actually get outcomes and tasks and action plans according to the basis and the theory of the model. Um, that then happens, we then get an agreement to the action plan, they then deliver a whole range of different um, actions out, and then that is then reconsidered at a point in time where there is a review and a performance indicator review of how they've basically gone against the action plans. 
And it's in that mentoring space, Brian, that MAKE is quite unique because we actually look at not only the, the work itself, but we also look at the whole of life perspective. So we bring into um, the discussions um, theories and practical outcomes that I was able to learn while I was the director of the Sports Institute in the area of uh, psychological development and whole of life balance and so on. So there, there is a rounding, if you like, of not only the person in the business, we're given uh, um, an outline on how to look at the whole balance of life. And as you know, a, a balanced life gives a better performance within the, the workplace. It doesn't take much to unbalance that, does it? You get the scales no. sort of skewed. You were very early in this space. I mean, I think it's only really in, in fairly recent years that people have really come to accept that getting that whole life balance means you do achieve far far better outcomes in your personal life and your business life. So they're all very, very closely integrated from that point of view. So your program really just really really spreads across that whole spectrum. I suppose I was driven in the early days, as I said, uh, because of the Sports Institute. I was I was dealing with athletes that were trying to be the best in the world. Right. The introduction of the MAKE program, when we were at the Sports Institute, we initially had 4% representation in the Australian national squads. Mm-hmm. After the MAKE program was introduced, that increased to 17%. South Australia's got an 8% of the population, and we oh, were right. basically <laughs> batting above our average based on the MAKE program. The mm-hmm. reason we did that was we were acknowledging the fact that the athlete is a 24-hour person. <laughs> Mm. We needed to basically have a balance there uh, that allows the athlete to perform at that person's optimum. And so understanding the whole nuance of the the, the life and outside of the, the, the uh, fitness programs and athletic development programs that we had at the Sports Institute, I thought that was a major a critical factor in improving the performances uh, on the field, as it were. And so, much to uh, my um, interest, I suppose, has is, is been equally uh, received within the, the business community for many years now, and the work that I've done in the business uh, community, and it's equally valid in there, because once you get that balance of life right, then your ability to perform and grow your career, whatever your goals are in that, uh, becomes quite clear in how to, to, to achieve outcomes in that area. It's interesting because it's very topical after the recent Olympic Games. So basically South Australia was batting half of its weight, yep. and then after the programs had been implemented, batting twice its weight effectively. Yeah, so this, um, was, this was back in 1988. Right. Yeah, and um, yeah. and so it, it was a, it was a, an amazing turnaround, but it was purely just um, uh, the emphasis on this whole life balance, and also de- really defining into the the functions of the athlete, as we do in business. We look at the twelve P's of business, and we really hammer in on the what is the person trying to do. What is the development level in relation to what they're trying to do? How do we then support them to close that gap so as you get the optimum performance? I suppose that's what explains the difference between so many companies that are ostensibly in the same field, doing very much the same sort of 
producing the same sorts of product, whether it's a retail product or an engineering product, and yet there are those out there that stand head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. Um, so this basically is is where, in most cases, where the answer to that comes is that they they have cracked the, I suppose, the leadership um, paradigm, as it were. Yeah. Brian, it really gets back to the simple the simple analogy. If all of your team are able to deliver the inputs into the business, whereby they are all have the motivation, the ability, and the knowledge and experience to carry out those tasks, then clearly you're going to be performing at your most efficient and effective. And so really it's a systemized process of developing that outcome. Right. Now might be the time to raise, but please please step in if there's other things you wanted to say. But I know when, um, when I met you the other week that uh, I went through with the other people who were attending there completing a questionnaire that you prepared. Yes. Um, can you just explain a little bit of, for, for the listeners what's behind the questionnaire that you have? Okay. Um, everyone, um, everyone, regardless of where they are within the business, um, I'll ask the question today. Um, everyone listening today, uh, stand up, physically stand up as I'm speaking. If you uh, basically did something that you were asked to do um, in the last week. If in right. fact you're standing up today, it means in my terminology you're a follower because you've actually done something that you were asked to do. Importantly on the reverse, um, if you can remain standing, if in fact uh, you ask someone to do something this week, in the business or in your private life or just in your friendships, if you ask someone to do something and they did it, right. if okay. you're remaining standing, you're a leader. And so right. the reality is, is this thing, which is this leadership and this followership relationship, everything we do in our life is conducted by that conversation. The person that asks you to do something you, that's the leader, and the person that responds to the ask is the follower. Leadership only happens when the follower agrees to follow. So we've got a lot of leaders, supposed leaders in business, with nobody following. The NATE program is all about finding people that can lead people that will bring followers, and then together they actually bring each other's um, result to fruition. They, they work together in towards an end game. Mm, right. And you, you mentioned your 12 Ps earlier yeah. that you were running through. I won't attempt to repeat them all. Uh, my memory doesn't certainly yeah. serve me that well. But you um, you have a, a sort of a, you, you use those as part of that process in a health check, I think? Correct. It's, it's basically the, the platform in which we develop a company. It's basically an audit of the company in many ways. Uh, both in the strategic side of the business as well in the, as well as the operational side of the business. Um, once we actually evaluate where the business is across all of those 12 Ps, uh, we then basically have a view of what needs to be done, where they are today and where they need to be tomorrow. And uh, therefore, there's, a, there's an action plan that's basically looking for ways to achieve that outcome. And that action plan is delivered in conjunction with the, 
the, the leaders in the business and the owner of the business and, and you find a way of, of applying those principles to get that improvement and, and that's where it goes. Now going back to that leadership questionnaire that we've, we've put out, that we will put out, the leadership questionnaire uh, basically gives the person filling in the questionnaire uh, feedback on what their present leadership style is. And um, uh, that feedback then gives me clear uh, understanding of how best to coach that person to become a better leader, a more efficient leader, and a leader that actually brings followers as distinct from walking alone down a pavement. All right. So, so what we're going to do subsequent to today is to send that questionnaire out to our, oh, our listeners and others. So, yep. so that'll be fantastic. So. Um, Maybe you can just outline what the what the what the steps might be from there if someone wants to learn a little bit more, Neil. Okay. Well, um, uh, Brian, you you would have my contact details there for your for your yeah. group. Um, basically, as a, as a service today, I'm happy to respond to um, those questionnaires once you've filled them in. Uh, send them by email to my email address. I'll receive those and then I'll provide you with a, a scoring uh, result uh, of what you've filled in and give you um, feedback on how to improve that critical aspect of your leadership to make you an all-round better leader. Um, yep. And so um, it takes a, a small amount of time. Uh, please, to be fair to yourself, be as honest you can as honest when you fill it in as you can because then that will give you the, the greatest value for the feedback that you'll receive. Excellent. Okay. Oh, that's great. Now, if, if someone um, receives that feedback and they, they're, uh, they're interested enough to want to pursue further, what do, you, what do you have available for the sort of small to medium-sized business market from the point of view of uh, being able to help them through that process, perhaps introducing them into the MAKE program? Well, that would be, that would be excellent. Uh, from my perspective, obviously, um, if in fact they, they respond to the questionnaire and I, and I give them feedback and so on, um, they can feel free at that time. Uh, we'll most probably go on Skype or go on the phone or whichever, and we'll just have a discussion on the leadership. But at the same time, we can discuss how the MAKE program can definitely improve their, their profits and definitely improve their, their, their leadership uh, to achieve those profits in the business. And uh, we, we can talk through the various options that are available that, would, that will apply to their business, uh, be it small, be it medium, be it corporate. Uh, we can deliver in that space and achieve the result that we're all uh, looking for, which is basically how to increase the profits dramatically with better leaders better leadership. Okay. All right, look, if you're going into bat on behalf of our listeners and members, um, I'm just wondering whether I can drop something on your lap um, and say, could you make some concessional offer available maybe for the first, uh, say, four or five people that get in touch with you that, so that you could um, uh, basically help them for a, uh, a special how to franchise simply deal, I suppose. I'm asking if we can... Sorry to drop this on you, but I... <laughs> I just thought it, it, it might seem a good opportunity because uh, I'm, I know from what I've seen, I'd love, I'd love to take businesses I've had in the past through this program. I know the, the results would be quite, quite extraordinary, and I think anyone that, that um, 
goes through this questionnaire process and the feedback, they'll realise the opportunity. So I wonder if there's anything you can do to uh, make it particularly attractive for our members. Well, firstly, Brian, you're a good man and you're an obvious uh, bright entrepreneur. Uh, you, you're obviously doing the right thing by your members, and congratulations for that. I think it's fantastic that you, you're batting for them. So let, let's say for the first five callers, Brian, um, that basically progress through from the, the, the questioning uh, scoring program um, and then progressively go on to adopting a MAKE program within the business. Let's, let's say for the first five that get through to me, I'll make sure that they have price um, for that program. Um, and so your, your, your listeners and your, your members will really benefit from this opportunity. Particularly, as I say, in the area of franchise, you're only as good as your weakest link, and uh, the franchisee tends to have um, the capacity to become a very strong link or indeed a very weak link based on their ability to lead their, their people and, and lead their part of the business uh, as the yeah. franchise group. And the example we see every day, boring to use the same old analogy, but McDonald's, you know, with their school children running their outlets and, uh, and managing to have franchisees owning six to ten uh, McDonald's stores that they hardly ever have to visit because the systems yeah. are there. Obviously, they, they've got leadership. Um, they've got leadership well sorted. No question. And in mm. fact, uh, you'd, you'd find that McDonald's and all of those major franchises, um, I'll put my hand in my heart and say that the success of their business has been their ability to define leadership in a way that sustains that functionality in that system. And without the leadership, it wouldn't have happened. So if you want to take your business from the level it is now to the level and operational, I suppose, success of a, of a McDonald's organisation, then the MAKE program is a way that you can do that? Yeah, no question at all. It's, okay. it's purely the process and the journey, and as they say, the, the happiness is in the journey. So let's start the journey. Mm, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'd like to just see if anyone has any questions there at all. If anyone's got a question, just press the star six on your phone and just introduce yourself and... Uh, if, if it can be answered now, we'll do it now, otherwise we'll get back to you later. Does anyone have a question there? Just to give you a few moments to make yourself known. Not at this point. Look, that's why I, re I think the questionnaire is the way to go. Yep. So what, what we will do is um, I'll, I'll wrap up the call and just say on behalf of, on behalf of Head of Franchise Simply and, uh, and the listeners, our members in particular, I'd like to thank you. Neil, uh, Neil McGacky, for making your time available to run through this process. It is fascinating, and I, I, it's so powerful. I, I really just can't wait to see the results of any of our members or others that, that apply this in the franchise area. I think the results would be extraordinary. So, um, having said that, thanks very much indeed for your time, Neil. I'll just re I'll just reiterate that we'll send out a uh, a questionnaire um, yep. to all of our all of our callers, all of our all of our, our members, and. Uh, that that opportunity that you're offering there, I'll reiterate that in the email as well. So um, I don't know if you want to just say anything in closing. Well, in closing, uh, Brian, I really, really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your members uh, today and um, and and uh, particularly like to congratulate you on your little bit of entrepreneurship and 
and um, that's why I've uh, happily uh, put that offer to you, your people. And I look forward to um, seeing all of those uh, questionnaires come back and uh, helping everyone progress in their journey towards uh, more profits through better leadership. And uh, it's been a, been a fascinating discussion, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity for giving me the chance. Not at all. So, look, thank you very much indeed again. So, what I'd like to say to everyone is um, have a brilliant day, whatever day of the year you're listening to this uh, uh, to this teleconference, and don't hesitate to contact Neil uh, whenever that might might be, whether it's now or in the future. Um, I'll just wrap up the recording and look forward to speaking to you again with our next uh, teleconference, which will be coming up in a month or so. Thank you very much indeed, everyone. Bye.